Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the first morning service of Sunday the 17th of October 2010 and here to give a presentation on their work are missionaries Bill and Jean Williamson. Good morning everyone. Nice to be back. It wasn't so long ago we were here but I see some more people than before and new chairs. And uh, praise the Lord for those. More comfortable as possible. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> um, I think the passage we Malcolm said, Brother Malcolm said to me this morning, he said, you can't have a cup of tea afterwards unless you put your cloak on. Or words to that effect. And so I need to put the cloak on. I'm sorry if you've seen this a thousand times in the past. If anybody would like to take my place and put the cloak on? No? Manly for the children and children up to the age of 60. Can any of the children tell us what country we work in? Anybody remember? Anybody? I heard the word. That's right. Well done. It's Peru. And we don't speak English in Peru. Do you know what language we speak? Anybody who's a child or under 15? Go on then. Sorry? No, afraid not. It is Peruvian, but it has another name usually. Spa. Oh, too difficult. Japanese. Spanish. Well done. It's Spanish. The people speak Spanish because Spain, the Spaniards went to Peru and conquered it. I normally chuck this in the air and my head is supposed to go through this hole. So do you want me to do an arrow put on normally? Go on. Let's see if he can do it. He's not getting any better at it. <laughs> you want to do it with the drum roll? Oh, come on then. One, two, three. <laughs> actually, in the Highlands, where it's cold, like it's cold out here this morning, they do actually wear these because you need them for the mountains. Yeah, we normally ask the children not to laugh. I promise not to laugh. <laughs> I'm watching you. <laughs> It looks a bit like an Inca, and the Incas were the people who used to live in South America before the Spaniards arrived. I'm, a, I'm an exa- example of the 21st, 21st century missionaries, Lauren. This is what you're supporting. This church is nice and warm, so you don't actually need it, but there are times when it's actually quite handy to have. Um, perhaps just before we uh, move on to the whatever Bill's got next, and he puts his finger bob on. Um, I'll just give you an update for those of you that have been reading the prayer news about our health, then we get it out of the way. Some of you know that we've had a few problems with uh, various health matters, and so we've had to delay our return because we've been waiting for results and things. Um, We're hoping that we'll be able to go back in the middle of January. We're just waiting for SIM, our missionary society, to say that's okay. Um, In my case, I broke my hip when I was in Peru, and it hasn't really been 100%. And the first and second specialist all said, yes, I should definitely have it done again. But then they sent for me, and the, 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 the expert, the third specialist who was over all of them, actually recommended that I might prefer not to, um, because there's not a 100% chance, in fact, there's only a 50% chance of it being any better afterwards. So we've decided that for the time being, I will not have it done again. So in the future, maybe, but that's, so that's me settled. And then, Bill, do you want to report on yours, or shall I do it? I think I'd better do it. 
But I, when we, every time we come back from um, our time in Peru, we have to go to London for our medical examinations, for quite a, um, thorough examinations. They always find a list of things, list of things that are wrong with you, you know. And nine, nine, nine times out of ten, they're nothing. But they found I got a heart murmur. Now we've got two friends. There are ex-missionaries, the two twins in the, in the 60s, who had heart murmurs, and they both had to have surgery just you know, to repair it. And I was almost 100% sure that that was going to happen to me. In my mind, I thought that's what it was going to be. You know, eventually got bit of mixed up with the NHS. I had the I saw the specialist before that. I had the, the test. You know, anyway, got a letter come back saying it's not a something wrong there, but it's nothing that needs urgent surgery. I have to be checked in 10 months to a year's time. So we've got the letters from, from the surgery um, consultant saying that, so we've sent those, we'll be sending those to SIM. Then the SIM doctor will have to examine, look at my records and genes to decide if we're fit enough to go back. In our hearts and our minds, we, we, we are fit enough, we think. But our doctor, our mission doctor will have a final say. But because we were actually going back in two weeks' time, you know, that was the plan, we had to do something with our tickets. Instead of spending another small fortune getting two more return tickets, we just po um, transferred our ticket to January the 19th. So that's when we hopefully, praise the Lord, God willing, we'll go back for another two to three years. So at the moment, if, if I, am I okay, you know, if I suddenly faint as I did do 18 years ago, was it Larry? The first time I ever preached there, I fainted in the pulpit. I'm sure most of you were here then. I'm, I'm holding on tight just in case it happens again. So God willing, we'll go back on, in January. But we do, our church, unfortunately, we go to a church, a Baptist church in Yardley. And for quite a while now, they haven't had an evening service, which is it's sad. And um, we hope we plan to come back visit you some evenings. Because doing all these deputation meetings, um, we've got one this evening and one next week, and that's, that's it. We don't get to hear, hear the word. We don't get to hear any, any sermons or anything. So we need to be fed, so we're going to come here some Sunday evenings and join you just in the congregation. We're not going to be hearing us, we'll be just sitting with you, talking in the Word. Um, what we're going to show now in a minute is um, something about the... Are you doing the trainees still? Yeah. The trainees. Um, what has happened, because we've got to know the young people, they can't get jobs because they have no professional training. And so, bit by bit, as this will tell you, um, you'll see and then we'll talk about it afterwards. We have, as you, many of you know, a project in which we help young people train to get professional uh, qualifications because the problem is that it is not very easy and if they don't get some kind of qualification they are always going to be poor. But we started about five or six years ago just with one person but that grew until now we're helping about, well, over 30 people training for all kinds of professions. We'd like to introduce Priscilla. She's our writer's student. She's going to study psychology. Do you want to say hello to the people in England? Most of them come from, um, go, to, go to church, a few don't, we don't. Um, so that you know, they must be Christian before they get help. But we do encourage them to attend a local church to get involved. And we found that uh, a few have been started doing that, and they have got uh, more and more involved with the church. And they all come from poor backgrounds, where if they weren't helped, they probably wouldn't be able to afford. 
for example, we've got a young woman who was studying at the university. She got into a state university, which is basically free, but there are lots of costs. Rosanna, she's now in her fifth year, but in her third year, I think it was, she couldn't carry on because of lack of funds and we were able to help. Many of you will have heard of Miguel, for example, who was abandoned by his mother. His father was already gone. He had a stepfather who had been sent to prison. And here he is, abandoned by his mother, still at school, and we said we would help him. So since he's now studying accountancy, and in fact is living again with his alcoholic father in a pretty difficult situation. But he's just an example of one person. He studies hard, he works during the day to make money so he can support himself. Gracias por el apoyo que nos están dando y agradecemos muchas bendiciones a, a, su, a ustedes y a toda su familia y que Dios los ama mucho. Ana Rosa, her mother was had cancer and died. She lives with a grandmother. There are twelve in the house, and she's studying to be a beautician. Um, but again, it would have been impossible without our help. And she's come to know the Lord during this time too. But now that we've got so many, it's quite difficult to keep track. Whereas we used to see them personally, either at Waikan or La Campina, or they would come to our house if they didn't go to either of those places. So now each month we have a meeting at our home so that we can go over things, give them some encouragement and some supervision. And also, uh, Bill has to sort out their payments. Many of them have to pay a monthly quota and they also need bus fares. Some, everybody gets a different level of help depending on their personal situation. We have two, two young men who want to study accountancy for, for five months and we need to talk to them to make sure that they know what they're letting themselves in for. It's a busy, busy afternoon, as you can tell. Ahora, como ustedes tienen la mente mucho más fresca, vamos a trabajar y vamos a hacer dos grupos. Mission Secretary Damish, she leads, leads the meetings with giving a devotional time and uh, sharing more of the gospel with them. And at the end of the meeting, when we have individual interviews, go over things, they have their refreshments, they pray together in groups, and then while that's happening, we interview as many as we can and go over any problems. Your help has been wonderful. We've had to restrict the number of people we accept, partly because it's difficult to administer so many and partly because we can never be sure how much funds we've actually got. But we don't want to take on more than is reasonable to expect that we can do what we said we would do. Praise God, that's what we've been able to do. <laughs> Um, just as 
the, these young people are being trained, I'd like to mention Rosanna to you, the, the girl, one of the girls that was mentioned. She's actually finished her course now, but she hasn't got her documents. You have to do extra costs and extra exams just to get your paperwork. Um, but she has a, a, an aim, and her aim is to become a missionary, a linguist missionary, uh, because there are still people in Peru and, of course, in other places in the world who need the Bible in their own language and still haven't got it. And so she wants to do that. Um, so she's one that's really important to pray for, Asana. Um, Damaris tells us that they're all doing quite well and carrying on with it, so we're very pleased about that. Um, and thank you to you. Really, it's such a privilege for us to be able to help them, and it's only because of people like you who've supported us. Um, every year since we've been in Peru, about 11 years now, we've had what we call short-termers. Um, it's normally people age between 18 and upwards. Um, last year we had three girls, one from Canada, one from South Africa, and one from Northern Ireland. And um, they, will, they bring a freshness to our... We've got a, a small team in Lima, not many of us, about 15, 20. <coughs> but when these teenagers <coughs> excuse me, come in, <coughs> they bring... They liven, liven us up, if nothing else. They all come with their different gifts and their different... Um, and they all leave and changed, you know, even though... We'd like to have them for at least nine months, if possible. Up to, some come up to two years. The last year, one of our girls, Claire, from Northern Ireland, she put together this DVD, and she just sent it to us, you know. We had no idea she did it, she'd done it, and uh, we've actually... Find, <laughs> we've, it actually covers... The La Campini project and the trainee, and not the trainee so much, and the Waikan and the adolescents, young people's um, projects. And she put it, there's no, there's no um, commentary, thank you, <laughs> but just two, two pieces of music. I think some of the younger people will recognize them. Just pictures, a bit of video. Um, we've always found, I find it very moving, and people do. But it just gives you an, a short term um, impression of life in Peru. And, who knows, perhaps more somebody here, more than one, would think about spending a year of their, giving a year of their life serving the Lord in another country. Perhaps this might be something we can just sort of start to think along those lines. And while we're just, just getting that ready, want to say as well, um, people often think, oh, you know, aren't you wonderful to be missionaries? But what we can say is it's such a privilege and we're, we're very, very um, excited, really, at the idea of being able to go back. We do miss our folks there, and we love them, and we just uh, thank the Lord that we're able to serve him in that way. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, it's important, isn't it, to share Jesus, and that's what we're trying to do, and we hope that this will be an encouragement to you too. Um, I'd just like to read a few verses from Isaiah 58. Um, just, these are verses that always... Every time we read them, it reminds us of our work um, in Peru. Um, Isaiah chapter 58. Um, this verse is 6 to, to 10. Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not a deal? Thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring, bring the poor thy, that are cast out to thy house. When thou seest the naked, that thou cover them, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. 
Then shall, thy, shall, then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth, forth speedily, and their righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the, of the Lord will be their reward. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, and if thou draw, draw out of thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul from drought, and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters never fail. And those verses remind me time and time again of, of, of the Lord's work in Peru. Um, Lima is is a desert, believe it or not, all those large cities built on desert. And you can see from now the, the video, where we work is desert. It's, um, it's not very few trees, and never rains in Lima, not like it does here. But the Lord is always seems to, seems to refresh us day by day with his love and his strength, and something we've been so thankful for for all these years. Um, we must stop. Um, at the back, there's a um, little table with some things and some, some things for the children to play with, some instruments. And some of you may not have had it, but this is our latest prayer card. And it's been touched up with um, some computer um, device to make Jean's grey hairs disappear. Um, but please take one if you want. And thank you for listening.